people no, are it's, yeah people are fucked po- <laughs> yeah like it's just crazy and like when he's getting questioned it's just weird how he's kind of just like yeah whatever so you know it's a thing or like nah i don't like it didn't really happen like that yeah so the the one gripe i have with this docket it wasn't overly well done i don't think it just there's some parts that that made me feel just and i I think the whole subject matter makes me feel uneasy but there's some Mm -hmm. parts that felt way too light to be in a documentary about this Mm -hmm. um when she the one daughter was talking about how melvin um kind of made them do the twist and shout and it's playing the music and it just keeps like repeating her saying over and over and again like do the twist and shout and it's playing like this upbeat fun music in the background i feel like whoever owns the licensing to that music if they let that happen they definitely got tricked or they just used it because there's no way they'd be like wait what's the context that you're using this like yeah no no you're not you're not doing that oh yeah a prolific child molester made yeah. you guys dance to twist and shout and you want okay yeah we let's make a theme song for them that's a great idea <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, like my major gripe with that. And like, and I know he tried to show that the family still has a little bit of, uh, humor and, uh, oh, sense man, of humor that left. family sense of humor has to be like so fucking dark. Yeah. But, uh, so that was my major gripe. So Christian, this one was new to you. Uh, this is your first watch through of it. Yeah. And. Oh boy. Um, you got you like initially. I can't. I can't let this go. Um, you make a good point. I about the licensing. I was looking this up, and the budget was like almost five hundred thousand dollars. And I'm. I was super lost because it's like it. Yeah, it's kind of grainy. It's shot on like a sixteen mil film camera. It feels like at least. Um, there's like no special effects or anything, but the licensing to the music, I never thought about that. It was probably pricey at some points if he got licensing at all. But I kind of think that this doc had a pretty wide release. Um, like Roger Ebert uh, did a review on this one and praised it, honestly, for being candid and uh, brave, but also about a subject that is difficult to approach at, in any way. Um, but I, like all that aside, um, yeah, this one was really, really hard to watch. Um, not fun almost at all. And the parts that were made to be light uh, were strangely light. Um, it was like seeing your favorite color, but a shade of your color that just is not your favorite. Like, I like green, but I don't like pea soup green. Um, so, the, yeah, this doc, was, this doc was fucked up for sure. I felt strange after watching this. Like, it took me hour to watch but really it was only an hour and a half but i just i put my headphones down and i set the laptop aside and i just kind of walked around like a zombie for a while it was fucked and did anyone else find it you know odd that the director so basically he inject himself it's his family but he Mm -hmm. he was a character in the documentary um Mm -hmm. and how he just kept showing his dancing videos like I know that's part of his life and that's part of his personality, um, but man, like it just felt off and different, and that it didn't kind of. Fit yeah, in. we uh, we haven't like 
the fucked up documentaries that we have watched on this subject matter, there wasn't like Chicken Hawks, for instance, there wasn't like a funny montage of like Benny Hill music of like old guys running around trying to catch kids in a park. So like kind of cross those two or if you if that's what he was trying to do, it's almost just like, man, you can't really do that. Like that's so fucked up. But so that's the thing. I I understand the initial like when it first shows it, he's talking about how his mom attempted to commit suicide, mm-hmm. and he got the news while he was backstage at this competition, mm-hmm. and then it shows him doing the competition. Mm-hmm. But then throughout the doc, it just kind of shows mm-hmm. him dancing more and more, and like and I get the game show part, like where it shows Whoa. him on a game show because his mom's talking about how competitive and hey, you went on a bunch of game shows, and you mm-hmm. won a bunch of money. So that makes sense. But then, yeah, just I think it was just too much dance competition video. I don't know. This is just uh, <laughs> just his dance demo reel. Yeah, it just didn't fit. It just, I don't know. It just struck me as odd. Yeah. I, I feel not- like maybe it was shown just for contrast because like this is where he came from but this is also what he ended up doing later maybe sure yeah like this was his childhood and his mom's childhood was not like this but i mean he was he was also yeah he was also molested as well yeah fuck i don't know man (laughs) the guy just likes to dance yeah dancing his demons away it just didn't seem to have a lot of context in that sense but uh um, maybe a, a second watch through would make more sense, but and the- well, that's a maybe Mitch was onto something just then, dancing his demons away because there was some uh, title cards that popped up throughout this. Maybe not title cards, but uh, like uh, quotes from the Bible or various uh, Christian Bible works. Um, but maybe Mitch is onto something that like he he continued to do this. Um, in an effort to like inject positivity into his own life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, I guess, I guess unless we, we interviewed uh, James Ronald Whitney or, or read an interview with him, I guess we won't know. It just, it just felt odd. And the, the title dance Melvin dance just doesn't have the no. same ring as just Melvin, just evil. Um. <laughs> and another part that it just it felt like a like a 1990s like drug infomercial is like when he talks straight into the camera and just like he has a very yeah yeah I, I, it just felt like a yeah, 90s infomercial well, i think to me. this was his first doc wasn't it yeah is it his only doc i believe he was no, a, he's, it's, i'm pretty sure he's done other shit he was a wall street executive uh before this yeah, so. so it says he was a producer on Games People Play. So some Hollywood thing. Uh, Skinhead USA, Soldiers of the Race War, and Telling Nicholas. I don't right. know what the hell that is. That looks intense. Yeah, so he was a producer on those, right? Or do you direct them as well? Yeah. Uh, he was a director of Telling Nicholas, yep. which is about a dad telling his seven-year-old son uh, that his mom had died and i'm guessing she was like murdered or something or he might have been like ah listen buddy i killed your mom so he'll play baseball so he uh 
he dives into the the um, light stuff quite often. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, huh. real lighthearted comedy. This did remind me of. Yeah, this did remind me of um, Dear Zachary. Not in content, yeah. but just in structure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Dear Zachary was one hundred percent like more well done in my opinion, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Yeah, it is kind of strange. Like this was a really um, compelling story. It was kind of fucked up based on like its candidness, like how willing uh, the people who are on film were wanting to talk about this. Yeah, and for how uh, James Ronald Whitney uh, like included himself, not the dancing aspect, but just, just like Tyler said, like the PSA style uh, talking head um sections uh it just it, it felt a lot um i don't even know how to say it like it felt a lot more like bland 90s whereas dear zachary it was it was so fueled by the story that like anyone said like it could have been done on like still photos or lithographs and it still would have been good but i feel like this had it been done in like hd or had some sweet cgi I don't think it would have mattered. It just this is just kind of a fucked up story, and I don't think anyone really enjoys this kind of content. But it's valuable, uh, yeah. just in being able to talk about it. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, compared to yeah, I think the story um, of Dear Zachary, you know, it's it's heartbreaking. And as heartbreaking as this is, I just felt like a lot of the people in the documentary, like. You got to see how kind of fucked up they were because of what happened, but uh, but I didn't. I don't know if I. It just didn't tug on me the same way as Dear Zachary just absolutely destroyed me. Yeah, um, and like some some parts felt a little bit exploitative or exploitative. If that's I think that's yeah. the word. Um, like when he's talking yeah. to his one uh, like half cousin or half aunt or whatever. Uh, from Melvin's second marriage and she's talking about how she had a crush on him and that they're at a family reunion. She was flirting with him. And then like 20 minutes later, like she lifts up her shirt and shows her tits. I'm like, Oh, I, you know, that, I don't know if that's needed for a girl. Like it wasn't needed to be shown. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know why. Like usually with a movie, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, that that's cool. To keep, keep that in there, but I know it just felt, it just felt gross. For, like knowing, like you know, this this girl, this woman might have you know mental issues because of the abuse she's felt, and and now her her bare chest is being paraded out in for this movie. I I don't know. It just felt gross to me. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel um, like self-supportive. It feels like self-submissive, and in that case, like I'm not, I'm not down to see that for the same reasons. But right. I guess in a, in a sense, that would be like the dark, fucked-up personal sure. comedy that his family tries to embrace. Because like, imagine if you lived this life, but were only sad. Like, <laughs> yeah. so many of these people have been afflicted by mental health issues and. Uh, the like and almost all of them have attempted suicide so the fact that like she can let a little bit of freedom go in that sense by like flashing the camera and then james's choice to include it in the documentary 
Um, it might just be an expression of how that family has attempted to cope with their history. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I think uh, she just wanted to see how far she could get with her cousin. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got a lot of money now. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. be into these guys. It's such a tough story. Yeah. Oh, you're a Wall Street man. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it just, I don't know. It, I guess it, it just made me sad, but not in the same way as, like, if our closest uh, comparison is Dear Zachary, I think. That one, like, made me sad. Like, made me, like, really feel for for that family. Mm-hmm. I felt for this family, but I'm just like, oh, that that's really fucked up. That, that really sucks. Yeah. But Dear Zachary, like, I was crushed. Like, I, I would have gone. Do you think that was because, like, it was a child and, like, a child got killed? And no, then, like these people like made it through, or it's just the way because Dear Zachary, like the pacing was done so well because it's super slow and then it builds and builds and builds and builds. Yeah. Like that, and like I don't know if it's ever been done, but like a documentary being made and then a it's like thriller type book from that documentary. Like Dear Zachary would be the craziest book. But like licensing that would be like this feels wrong, or like we have to give it to this family, like all of the profits, because like this is this is fucking like weird blood money. But like that would be a creepy ass book. And I don't know if just maybe like the ending, like the ending of Dear Zachary has kind of a not a happy ending, but kind of a a pay, a payoff. Like the family was able to get laws changed in Canada. Oh, yeah, uh, I forgot about that and part. And you're kind of like, okay, you know, yeah, so, nothing good happened here, but something somewhat yeah. positive came out. Yeah. Well, in this one, like, at the end of the movie, Melvin just has passed away. And yeah. They're, they're at his funeral, and half of them are just pickled, yeah. uh, screaming things. And then the other, like, a f- few of them are like, Oh, he was a great man. Oh, he, yeah. he treated me well. And I just like, what? man, like trying to wrap my head around how you justify or how you say anything positive about someone who completely ripped your family apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that like this is like, this is the mental health issue though. Sure. Like that's, that's yeah. an expression of coping, but yeah. I think dear Zachary is different like than this in how it hits our hearts because Dear Zachary was essentially the story of the three of us right up until murder. So like we see ourselves within the documentary, but unless uh, like molestation or child abuse or uh, like severe pervading suicide attempts are in our own families, like Mitch's and Tyler's and mine, I don't think it's as easy for us to see ourselves in the position of something like, uh, what is this one called again? Just Melvin. Just Melvin. Um, yeah, we, so we don't see ourselves in this documentary as plainly as we did see ourselves in Dear Zachary. Because, like, the guy in yeah, Dear okay. Zachary, um, like, he was, like, my build. He had a beard. Uh, like, he had dark hair. Like, I, I literally see myself in um, Dear Zachary, but I don't I don't see myself sure. in yeah. Just Melvin. I, uh... So it's, it hits us different in a subconscious way. I see you definitely in Dear Zachary with like your weird past with witches and such. So like, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. 
not anymore. So that's good. I'm glad. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good. So it's it's <laughs> tough to um to be able to put yourself in the shoes of some family or a member of a family in a story like this because yeah, I mean, in one way, your inability to to empathize is astounding and yeah, that's a win for us it's fucked up but like we should, yeah kind of it is like we should yeah. feel a little bit grateful that Ooh. we don't have to go to bed and these are our memories but in another way it's equally as important to try to mm-hmm. um not like fuck your own self up through reflection of someone else's life but oh, just like to be able to be presented with a story like this is getting your foot in the door of real empathy and yeah. trying to envision your life as another's. Another thing I, I don't, and it's not fair of me to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. I just, I felt uncomfortable and, and I know Christian said it, it's a coping mechanism, but when they visit Melvin in the, uh, the nursing home and they're all like hugging him and Oh, hi daddy. Um, I'm just like, Oh man, that, that just makes me feel super uncomfortable. Like that just, yeah gave me the creeps like it just shivers up my back like this guy like as it says in the title just melvin just evil um yeah and they're treating him like a sweet old man that uh you know gave you uh lollipops and and nothing but good things uh well, your whole life some other stuff yeah but not <laughs> they're not treating yeah. him like the monster he is like they're but it's fucked up that he's an old man and he would still be like wow i have all these people manipulated like wow that's pretty crazy mm. in a way it's tough um to see that shit because it like clearly it's the maintenance of a fantasy that if these people were to truly acknowledge the weight of what has happened to them it would crush their brains like not like physically but like it would it would collapse their sense of reality so in a small way like they're they're presented with the very symbol that uh instilled the greatest fear they've ever known and to look that fear in the eyes would cripple you one more time like like maybe to death so like to maintain that fantasy through fear it's yeah it's, it's fucked like up some, to see uh, but like stockholm syndrome shit like for yeah, sure very similar yeah oh yeah man. yeah <laughs> yeah i think we're all just emotionally exhausted after watching this yeah. like man imagine this one an oscar yeah, like, straight up. what would his like thanks thanks speech be like thanks melvin <laughs> and and it, it just full of question marks. It did win. Yeah. It did win some awards too. It won, uh, or sorry, it was nominated for the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance in two thousand, okay. uh, and the Truer Than Fiction Award at the Independent Spirit Awards. And oh it, wow! And it won awards at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival and Vancouver International Fil- Film Festival, South Beach, and the Newport Beach Film Festival. So it won four awards and was nominated for huh. two more cool okay so like yeah why why do you think a movie like this gets gets nominated or wins awards like again it wasn't you know cinematograph um i don't even know what the word i'm looking it wasn't done cinematographically yes (laughs) it wasn't done well like it wasn't filmed well it was filmed i feel Mm -hmm. like on the cheap um Mm -hmm. 
like sure it's a compelling story but it's a it's a hard story to to listen to do you think part of it might be that um this family was in california and americans would be like wait what like i thought this was going to be like some southern shit or one of those like weird backcountry states like I this mean, happened in california mm-hmm. California has a lot of backcountry. Like, like I know, I know, but on a whole, like, I wonder if Americans or people that viewed this were like, "Whoa!" But then again, I feel like people wouldn't be like, "Oh, this family's in California." Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, but see, I'm just trying to wonder why. Yeah, I, like, I think a lot of stuff this. happens in California that people like, like the Charles Manson stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of like. You know, Zodiac. Uh, well, I mean, there's you know, so many fucking people yeah. too. There's more people in California than like all of Canada. Um, That's crazy. But yeah, like, I I would love to know what other documentaries were at uh, these film festivals when this one. Yeah. Because sure, it's mm. it's a really tough, really kind of like hard story to tell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, there's nothing phenomenal about this documentary. I I don't think. But stuff like this always gets praise, man. Like, you do a doc like this and do a doc about, like, how fucked up the Catholic Church is. Like, people will always be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that needs to be told. And, like, well, we've kind of told this. So, like, why? Like, this is weird. We know about this, but we're not really changing anything. So. I guess uh, maybe a way to look at not like I actually know, like, this is some kind of truth. But maybe it's like seeing someone get really, really uh fit and like bulk up like a bodybuilder and then you, you see someone who was like severely overweight also do that and you're like well <laughs> to the guy who like just just bulked up you're like oh, great like that happens every fucking day but like mm-hmm. not everybody loses 200 pounds and bulks up like that's far more commendable yeah so like everyone can make a documentary but not everyone can make a documentary about your own family being fucking horrendous right yeah. So, uh, Christian talked about how Roger Ebert uh, gave this a, a great review. Um, I'm looking here, and there's a, a couple other good reviews. Um, Michael Carson from the Daily Telegraph said, Yet for all its shocks, Just Melvin is not a work of mor- morbid depression or confessional freak show. It is rather a challenging film that reveals the real cost of abuse, but also the deep strength of familial love. And then... Uh, David Zurawick from the Baltimore Sun said that HBO should be commended for daring such a graphic documentary. Like, you know, is it, I mean, it's graphic in content. Um, again, like I, I guess we've said it a hundred times. It's hard. It's a hard story to listen to, mm-hmm. but I don't think like, it, I, I just don't, I didn't feel as compelled by it or emotionally connected to it. Uh, as I have some other documentaries we watch, and not not just Dear Zachary, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but um, I think uh, we've just maybe broke our governor on like molestation documentaries, so we're just like, ah, oh, fuck. And okay, ma- and maybe that's it, but because uh, I kind of felt that <laughs> I was just like, oh man, goddamn, docs like this really kind of pissed me off when people are like no no no, people are inherently good and they're like oh i mean come on like they're probably there's some evil there's some evil and you and i think for me i think it was just some of the light parts that 
you know, if I had of had my way, like this would have been all kind of a somber tone instead of less um, dancing. Well, yeah, not even the dance. It was just like, yeah, there was just some parts that just didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I my my mind's uh, fried for this one. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> and, Your review, uh, I um, Tyler's review is less dancing I and less had a, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a strange one. Yeah, I <laughs> like dancing and I like boobs. So like, yeah, but not in huh, this. where did that come this. from? We don't need it in this. Yeah, given the context, yeah, no, he's right. I had a weird conversation okay, <laughs> earlier this week about um, child pornography, but animated. And I, I was absolutely not advocating for the existence of such a thing, but I, I just wanted to have that conversation because it seems like a fucking strange, interesting one. Yeah. So you were pro. You were thinking of something. No, for sure. No. But oh, okay. um, I, I was trying to <laughs> at least think of ways where, like, don't completely fucking condemn these people because, I mean, they're people. Yeah. Like, we don't condemn, uh, like, Germans for having Nazi tendencies. Not that that's something that I've just claimed. But, I mean, the, the gist. Well, like, in Chicken Hawks, some of those guys recognize that this is something that is wrong and it does hurt people and they absolutely are averse to it but yet yeah. they feel what they feel and like one of those guys might be a good insurance broker so like good for him but on the other hand you like to fuck children so fuck you forever yeah. well, and i wanted to we were having that conversation um about like some form of legal accommodation towards these people like do they deserve to be like sterilized or like put to death because that's just not a valuable trait of a human that we want in our society to like to keep going mm -hmm. and now that i've seen this documentary absolutely fucking no accommodation necessary i don't really care to attempt to make melvin just's life better yeah. He fucked around and did so many terrible things. I kind of feel like an ass for having the conversation of an attempt to not completely vilify these people. But, but that's, this is horrendous. And yeah, I so yeah, so shit like that. It's just strange that I had this conversation with someone uh, earlier this week, knowing that this was the doc for sure. I wasn't like completely unaware of that, but mm -hmm. not motivated from this doc. I only just watched this um, this morning, mm -hmm. so because I just didn't want to do any research. This one's so fucked up. I felt like I didn't want to delve into the history of child abuse, so I just I just yeah. watched it and then I turned it off. But. It is kind of strange that there is a conversation about trying to accommodate pedophiles. And I don't think those people have watched just Melvin yet. Yeah. I feel like if you're trying to accommodate those people, like just talk to like one person that went through that and then they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. So we just light them all up and then I guess we shoot them. Cause like there's what the fuck, like, what do we do? Yeah, like nowhere have I ever seen yeah. positive reinforcement of this kind of behavior. Like yeah. we all condemn yeah. it, except for the people who we condemn. And if that's the case, yeah. a criminal can advocate for himself, but he legally does not need to be 
uh, listened to with effect. They need to just like jack them up with like ayahuasca, so then they just come out of it like a completely different person. <laughs> That's like a weirdly good idea. I would like to see what the results of that would be. Yeah, dude, it stopped. Like, I mean, this is not the same as like being a pedophile, but like heroin addicts and stuff, and like people that smoke have done it and are like, oh, yeah, I don't want a cigarette anymore. So I wonder if it's the same thing. Drugs for the win. Yeah. yeah that's Thai side. <laughs> um, it's like a conversion therapy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they just like blast them. Like you're only supposed to have like half the dose, but they're just like, let's give them three times the amount. Cause this guy fucked around a lot. Like he was a Melvin, as they say, I'm like, Oh, jack them up. <sighs> So I'll tell you one of the most, and this sounds really bad for the subject matter. One of the most uncomfortable parts for me was trying to listen to the pastor, like do this eulogy. And they're all, they're all just like interrupting him. And he's like, okay guys, I'm going to need you to behave. And like, I'm not down with religion at all. So yeah. Fuck the pastor and fuck reading from the Bible. Um, Yeah. But Man, oh man, like that must have been super awkward for him. Oh man, <laughs> if he had a set of balls, he'd just be like, "Wait, what did this guy do?" Oh yeah, fuck this guy. I'm done. Like I'm out of here. But I'm sure it was probably his wife that was paying for it, and she defended him. All like that. Oh, good. Okay, then so, that's a good old church boy right there who was like, "We got the money. We're riding this bitch through." Like, good right. job, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, it was just like such, and maybe that's like another reason I don't, it was just, it was just such an awkward ending. I don't yeah. know. It just, it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't end on a, on a note. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, at least uh, the pastor wasn't like, I mean, me and Melvin, we got into some stuff. Let me tell you. You're like, wait, what? Like just weirdly hinting at stuff yeah. where you're like, oh no, man. Fuck. So. I mean, that would have been super weird. That yeah, would, would have been super weird. It's pretty plain uh, to see like the the weight of good versus evil in this kind of sense. That the pastor was like, "Oh, he was a fantastic mechanic. He could he could do anything with a wrench. He loved his cars." Like, yeah. So what? Yeah. He fucking ruined a whole family. Like that that kind of good does yeah. not outweigh this kind of evil. Right. So yeah. like I'm like applying good and evil to this sort of shit feels a little bit hokey and religious in its own sense. But yeah. man, if you do apply it, it seems to be imbalanced for sure. Ah, that pastor was just reaching for shit. He's just like, ah, what about he's good? With, no, he's not good with kids. Okay. Uh, he was good to it. No, not good to his wife. Like oh, uh, his coworkers hated him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he likes. Come on, guys, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna come up with a uh, a bold prediction. Within the next few years, we're gonna get a follow up sequel to this called uh, Uncle Jim, Just Evil. Oh. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, his name was Jim, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's one of uh, James Ronald Whitney's uh, uncles who I, I don't ever think he was abused. Um, I think it was just the, the you know, he, he, yeah, yeah. I know he said he was hard yeah. on him, like he he would beat on him, but I don't know if it was ever sexually. Um, I think one of the narrations that uh, 
James Whitney did was uh, recounting that his uncle Jim was also molested oh. at that time. Yeah, because I thought it was just because uh, he said that he treated him really well. Oh. Yeah, Jim said that Melvin treated him really yeah. well. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so Jim um, is looking after uh, the maternal grandmother now, Faye, who was uh, um, Melvin Just's first wife. And uh, basically, yeah, like feeding her beer. Like she's basically on her deathbed, feeding her beer. Um, she, do we yeah, know if she's still alive? Uh, I would doubt that was 20 years ago. And she yeah. was like 80 oh, then probably. Um, no, she may have been in her 70s because uh, Melvin just died. No, Melvin just died in when he was 71. So, she, yeah, she'd be 90 now. Damn, so she'd be like 100 uh, now? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, strong liver. But anyways, strong yeah, liver. Talking about how like he's like pulling her teeth with pliers, and then he tries to get his uh, half sister to move in with him and be his wife. Um, and he thinks there's nothing wrong with that because two consenting adults, uh, you know, uh, should be able to do what they want. It just boggles my mind. Yeah, yeah. There's a a psychological phenomenon or an effect i guess i don't know how well documented like clinically it really is but it's um it's in the literature at least it's called the westermark effect um developed i think by a british uh clinical psychologist that there's uh early developmental results for siblings who grow up together or just people who grow up in their early early years um develop an aversion to sexual attraction of these siblings. Um, so like a brother and a sister typically don't fuck because of this Westermark effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like uh, that's maybe not as strong as it used to be in the textbooks because it's definitely a thing. I mean, like I think for the most part, brothers and sisters and siblings in general, not just like hetero, but yeah, there's definitely an aversion because of a recognition of uh, like familial ties, but there's probably uh, a way to break that psychological mechanism if you have been abused in the past. Mm -hmm. So I think the story typically goes that people who have been abused tend to abuse other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be the case with Uncle Jim, that he doesn't he doesn't have these kinds of thought processes because he has been broken in the past when he was a child by his, I guess that'd be like his, his full father, was it? Or was his stepfather? That was his stepfather, I believe. Because he had, yeah. he had uh, three daughters with Faye. And then I think Jim came after that, maybe with her. No. No, that would have been his dad, I think. So, sorry, Faye had three kids, and then Melvin was her second husband, and he had the two other kids, I think. So, okay, so like some some kind of direct relation. Yeah, yeah. I um, I feel like this is like a textbook example of <laughs> um, breaking that psychological mechanism of the Westermark effect. However, however true it might be, I think it's still kind of up in the air oh that effect like didn't even show up on that street of that house 
it just like skips <laughs> yeah yeah like, now nah, we're good here yeah because literally like after he left Faye, his, his first wife yeah he left her for a woman down the street so you're you're not wrong god damn we, uh we need to look this up, but there's a famous story of a family in, I believe it's one of the Carolinas, that their skin, like, turned blue because of, like, their oh yeah their gene pool being, like, a, the depth of a kiddie pool. So, like, that's, like, I was reading accounts of this story, and, like, it's fucking crazy because the one girl needed medical attention, and she, like, showed up at the back of the like hospital or like this little health center and the people are just like what the fuck like what is going on and like yeah it's the craziest shit i'll see if i can try and find it so while you do yeah i've heard of this before um so yeah while you do i mean i don't have much more to say about this one other than what i've said um the sooner i can forget yeah, about this one likewise. the better for me um, I was going to try and, and break our, uh, our, uh, cycle, uh, and watch something positive and upbeat next week. So I was going to break the rules and not select a random documentary. I was going to pick one that I came across called the world before our feet, but I cannot find it anywhere. I wanted to, like, if I was going to uh. pick, yeah, if I was going to pick one, I wanted to make sure that we could find it somewhere. Um, I made buy the DVD, but it won't be here for a few weeks. Um, so maybe we'll watch that soon. But it's a, a super positive uh, story compared to a super negative story like this. <laughs> Mitch, you were saying that you you found it like a couple of crazy stories about uh, this sort of Just Melvin bullshit in the past. Yeah, I got to look that up. Just a second. But as I looked that up, you guys can talk about that. <laughs> so there was that family was in Kentucky. Then they lived in the hills of Kentucky. So they, yeah, had a genetic trait that was a blood disorder called some crazy long word that I'm not even going to try to say, which caused the appearance mm -hmm. of blue tinged skin. So that's man, oh man. pretty wild. And yeah, so in incest, keeping it in the family throughout history, like Tutankham was one of them. And like had a, I think that like his, from this picture it has here, like his foot is all messed up. Like he's kind of got like a clubbed foot or like his left foot, like the ankle turns in on itself. So, and I think, like, Ooh. proportionately, he was, like, all weird looking. Um, and then a bunch of people, like, Romans. But one of the best ones that I found, like, kind of hilarious, this Barbara DeLay Beckland was a model in the 30s. Um, she was on the cover of Vogue, Harper's Bazaar. Um, tried to get into Hollywood, but Hollywood didn't want her. Then she married a bake, bake light heir. So married money, mm -hmm. had a kid and like, didn't really give a shit about this kid and had like crazy parties. 
and then she found out in the 60s the kid would have been 14 that he was gay oh sorry in the 60s he was 20 and he uh, also the mom found out he was gay when he was 14 and then the 20 or when he was 20 he had a relationship with a man so this lady's great idea to get her son to not be gay was to have sex with him and it didn't really work wow but she she did it and then like bragged to her friends jesus christ yeah what that's like a couple of different complexes showing their head that's like a mathematical equation that i want to ask like a math genius you're like all right dude how much money makes this okay in your brain like if you have <laughs> seven seven thousand billion dollars so you're just like ah, whatever but if you got like two million you're like ah, that's pretty fucked up so that's like what yeah what's the number i think there are i could there deplete no two million dollars in a day <laughs> what'd you say tyler i said i don't think there is a number yeah i think you might be right so i mean like the blue skin people like stuff like that is like you got like there's the humor like there's humor in that like it's fucked up but like i mean it's pretty funny because it's it's like that's so many do you think they really liked the look maybe maybe huh It'd be awesome if they're like the family next to them had like a reverse, so like their skin went like a purple or like a completely different color. I was gonna, I was about to say red, but I'm not gonna say red, so I didn't say red. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) that's fucking crazy. And like, there's stories throughout like European royalty where like they kept it in the family, and then they have a kid who's like this weird, crazy, deformed thing who like can't go outside because the sun will kill him. And they're like, oh, fuck, this guy's the going to be the guy who runs the kingdom like this. This isn't going to work out well. Well, um, Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth are, are cousins. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's not rumors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's happening. Yeah. Yeah cool um so yeah keeping the dream alive so that's good i'm uh i'm going to uh break uh break our rules on random docs and i'm going to pick something a little bit more lighthearted because um i I like that yeah i i don't want to watch something i like that really uh depressing again have we watched the doc on uh uh big bird because it's pretty cool I have not watched a doc on Big Bird. No. I mean, the Elmo one's pretty cool too, but that guy after the doc did stuff that you're like, ah, damn it. Um, so the one I was talking about that I wanted to watch, and I think we will watch it in a, a few weeks if the DVD comes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The World uh, Before Our Feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, uh, the filmmaker um, knows this guy. Uh, he was an engineer in New York City. Mm-hmm. Left his job, uh, gave up his apartment. Basically, lives on ten to fifteen dollars a day, like house sitting cats uh, for cats and stuff like that. Um, 
and he made it his mission to Wait, walk. These cats have their own houses in New York City. No, he was house sitting for the owners of the cats. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, and then would just yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, he made it his mission to by foot walk every street of New York City, all five boroughs. Um, no, no block unturned. Uh, this uh, both sides. I I believe he. <gasps> He still is. Like, this movie came out in 2018. He was uh, six years into it, uh, and I still don't believe he's done. I think he has a few streets left. If I'm looking at the map on his website. Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy, right? This um reminds me of a story that my coworker told me about this guy that he knew that worked for the post office, and his route was the downtown core of. Uh, a smaller city and this guy figured out in his like 25 30 year career that the distance that he walked was like walking two times around the world yeah that's crazy so like yeah that's pretty crazy um and before he he embarked on this uh, new york city trip he did walk across the country he walked across the u.s jesus um, yeah so guy likes to walk yeah, so I I have picked a a movie. Um, I think it's not a sad one. Oh Jesus! So <laughs> I I am sticking to our random one. I I I faked it a little bit. I I picked a bunch of ones that were probably. You just keep digging your hole deeper. So just keep going if you want. So this is a a movie by Sarah Polly, the actress. Um, who the hell's that? Should we know who that is? Yeah, she's uh, Canadian. You know who that is, Christian? Nope. Yeah, I don't know who the hell it is. You don't know Sarah Paul? She's a come on, no, she's bro. a Canadian actress, man. Oh yeah, because they're so famous. Oh, yeah. She was in Dawn of the Dead. Um, what CBC show was she on? She was not in a. Oh, well, I mean, maybe at some point. <laughs> yeah, she's she, a Canadian actress. Come on, don't lie to me, Tyler. At some point, she may have been, but yeah, come on, buddy. Um, let me see else she would be in that you'd know she a cool scientologist i don't think so are in that like nexium cult what other cool cults are famous people in nowadays but anyways um okay yeah so the documentary is uh stories we tell so essentially uh it's a oh shit a film that excavates layers of myth and memory to find the elusive truth at the core of a family of storytellers. So cool. I think it's huh. about her family, maybe. Um, I feel like I've heard about yeah. this, like kind of recently, like in the last year or two. It's because it came out in 2012. Yeah. But so, I mean, you could have seen something that it okay. was on. Yeah, it doesn't sound like totally unfamiliar. I mean, if someone huh. wants someone, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I'm blaming Tyler. Forty minutes in, I'm like, "Fuck you, Tyler." So the the review on IMDb says, "Truly unique biography." So I'm pretty sure this will not be a depressing one. It may not be uplifting, but it may. It's probably not depressing. So I think we're good. I think we'll survive this. Okay. One. <laughs> um. Right on. Yeah. yeah, from what I'm seeing, I think it's just of like the bond of a family. Yeah. And 
I am going to. It's only PG thirteen, so. Oh yeah, we're good then. We're good. They just wow. smoke and have. Oh shit! Thematic elements involving sexuality. Son of a bitch. That just means someone's gay. Oh, good call, <laughs> Good call. All right, saves it. Which is perfectly okay. So, so we'll end it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I am in the process of ordering the uh, world before your feet now. So, um, yeah, it will be here June 25th. So not next week, but uh, possibly the week after, or is it two weeks from now? Uh, we, uh, we should be able to watch that. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Let me just double check. So, so next for uh, next week will be the thirteenth. Uh, so no, it'll be a couple weeks from now, anyways. That uh, that we'll watch it, but uh, I'm excited to watch it because it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And cool. We need to get on people. They need to make more documentaries available in Canada. I don't know why we get uh, the. Uh, shitty end of the stick per se when it comes to streaming uh, documentaries but because uh, Americans assume that we live in igloos and there's six of us like <laughs> Americans think that the three of us are like 80% of the country so I suppose so <laughs> okay guys thanks for joining me with this terrible terrible subject um, yeah, I'm glad it's over Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week uh, listening to some Sarah Polly. cool later guys later